listeners and chillers we are proud to present the listen and chill stories the series was started with one goal to inspire you by meeting risk takers the people who ventured out uncharted terrains and established themselves despite the odds each one of the guests has a diverse background a story that's not just about their success but about the hardships they faced on this path in this free flowing format we ask the pertinent questions why and how they began their path breaking journey the highs and lows about their business tools they use and general questions about the person beyond the business join us in welcoming Pauline Joseph a phenomenal colleague who started AC marketing a digital marketing consultancy that succeeded despite the lack of online advertising and consumption in the Caribbean. She also competes in triathlons and is a LinkedIn local host like me. Here, she talks about her journey from working for Microsoft to managing her own company and delves into her success and struggles. It's time to listen and chill. Uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and your firm. Sure. Uh, so I am the owner of AC Marketing. We are a content marketing agency that focuses on uh, helping global brands access the Caribbean audience. And our really core strength is creating uh, very engaging content. So I manage a team remotely. That's one of the perks that, you know, this C word has um given me which I feel even guilty to admit but I have built my business remotely for the last 10 years I use uh, all the cloud solutions uh, and with that because of it we are pushed even more by our clients because now is the time for them to utilize digital to access their customers okay so you can help them on two fronts now you know in regards to the situation now and what you've already been doing yes and you said it was uh projects that were super engaging could you give us an example of one such uh, uh project it's amazing what my team has been able to translate because one of the examples i i was so surprised that um for those who may understand the vernacular when it comes to facebook with the likes and the comments and the shares that's what right. we we measure engagement and one of my team members we have a dairy client and part of their portfolio is cheese and what she did was okay. she cut the cheese in different ways right so it was either a full slice or piece of slice or just one of those thin slices because not all of us has you know cheese slices sometimes it's just a knife and sure. <laughs> there's no production value in that it's literally her in her kitchen slicing something things that we do every day and the engagement that she was able to get from that simple post was off oh, the wow. roof you know i don't get involved in any day to day stuff but i saw like two days later i was just on the page and i was like did we put money behind this post and they said no this is literally people just really feeling passionate about what it is <laughs> Oh. to slice their cheese. So that's just a simple example of what I mean by creating engaging content. Right. So I think it was it wasn't so polished as say, you know, other things that's probably what drove the engagement also. Wonderful. And in in terms of engagement, are you just measuring sort of, you know, like as you mentioned the likes, the, you know, the audience interaction or how much of that then translates to sales? Well, unfortunately, we're not as mature as most markets where we're able to track just yet but for okay. me i i calculate um the effectiveness of a post based on like you have a like to me is at the bottom of the list um okay. a comment is really good you know it's great uh but it's in the middle but a share that's the ultimate <laughs> Once you okay. get a share, you're in the mix and you're creating content that people don't just want to engage with, but they want their actual friends and family to engage with as well. And that's what I think is a is a strike. Okay, okay. Right. So it's the I think they they term it as organic impression of sorts when you know someone shares yes. and they actually I, I don't want to get into so... the mix, you know, I don't want to be so fancy, right, right. but yes. <laughs> Right, right. No, no. Just, just clarifying for for me more than anything. Okay, sweet. And uh, since we were discussing the business, what and sort of you know prompted 
this uh, starting this business joining this and you know uh, why and when did you start it so all the three w's yeah. <laughs> actually i usually start things out of frustration <laughs> that's one way to start things okay. um i left a very amazing job in london to head back to barbados um about 11 years ago and i started a management job in a bakery one of a very popular bakery in barbados because for those who may not okay. know from my accent i'm originally from trinidad i was born in trinidad which is trinidad and okay. tobago in the caribbean and right. um i moved to barbados because my mom's from there i grew up there and just for those in context it's where rihanna is from we went to the same school. <laughs> I don't know how much value that brings, but just for you to understand where Barbados is. <laughs> sure, give everyone context, sure. Yeah, and <laughs> I spent a year and some in that position trying to convince my boss how important digital is. I okay. built the site. I set up the social media, which up to date today, they're still using 11 years later. And okay. After a while, I just realized that I could not get into the thick skull of that specific individual, which to this day, I would still tell him. And right. I know that nothing was going to change once he was there and he's the owner of the business. So I left and that's when I started AC Marketing. And okay. those were the days when I had a conversation about, you know, I literally had people tell me, why would I pay anybody to go on Facebook? It's free. Like. I don't, I don't get it. I don't right. understand. I got a lot of right. no's. <laughs> a uh -huh. lot of no's. And this was, you know, pre-Instagram, you know, uh, pre-TikTok. <laughs> and sure. I saw the effectiveness of using digital without having to spend the amount of money that people usually spend on traditional media. And I was of the, like, very firm belief that I was going to save company companies thousands of dollars even millions you know just by showing them the effectiveness of digital marketing i was wrong but <laughs> okay <laughs> but you 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 had a you had a great approach yes so so that that's that's what comes yeah wonderful and and again so that's another question i'd like to delve into how was the i mean this was you said 11 years back correct yes right so how was the the transition from being say an employee to then becoming like a CEO and an owner and having everything accountable to you rather than being accountable to someone. Does that transition come easy? Do you still feel like an employee at times? How, how does that work for you? Well, I think I'm, I've always been an entrepreneur, even when I have been an employee, I okay. always see value in the job that I've been, I've been employed to do. And, okay. you know, maybe it's genetic, maybe it's because of my environment. I come from one of six and okay. my brothers and sister would tell you I was always the bossy one. You know, I would come <laughs> with a list, you know, I was like, well, daddy's away right now and we need to do this and you get this and you have to, you have to wash the dishes and I will sweep and, you know, it's like, why are you always trying to be in charge of everything? I was like, well, things need to get done. <laughs> and, and these were... Uh, are these the other, you know, five elder siblings? Or? I am number two uh, out oh, of wow. six, okay. but most people think I'm number one. <laughs> okay. Right. So the commanding yes. nature. Yes, okay. basically. And <laughs> even like my first entry into entrepreneurship actually started. It's just so weird. Oh my gosh, I haven't brought this up in years. I used to sell cars. Um, okay. I started a site, I remember quality used cars, tt.com. This was before, um, used cars was a thing because this was when the market was now shifting from brand new to roll on, roll off. Um, and what okay. that means for us is there's a lot of Asian companies literally dumping cars in the Caribbean and then we purchase it. Okay. Don't know how healthy it is cool. for the environment, but this was, oh my goodness. Wow. This was like 15, 16 years ago. So where to say that out loud? And uh, <laughs> I worked with someone who had an existing database and I used to sell her clients used cars because they would have made a huge loss if they sold it back to the, the um, dealership. So we used to sell it at market value, split the cost, 
And I found over a couple of months, this idea of people calling me to ask me to see a car just felt ridiculously overwhelming. So I said, okay, let me learn how to create sites. And I learned on Dreamweaver, which is painful to even think about now, but I did a little bit of HTML coding. And I basically did a really simple site. So when people ask me what a car, I'd say, go on the website, let me know if you actually are interested in it based on the fit photos and the description. And then only after then we will, will meet. And I think that was my first entry into using technology to make my job easier oh wow yeah okay yeah dream weaver okay that's that's been a while okay so so currently you know on on the same lines what do you use like i am uh, i'm sure you you probably have people who do that right now but what's like one sort of website one web hosting tool that you would recommend you know uh, to someone starting a new uh, uh, as a suggestion well, if you are a, a single entrepreneur and your resources are limited, I actually right. have re-engaged with Wix, Wix.com. Oh, okay. And Wonderful. this only came about because I met with some of the folks at an event last year and they were like, you need to go on it. And I was like, well, 10 years ago, it was real crap. So they're like, no, right. it's much better now. And right. as much as WordPress is free, WordPress is not free. Because of all the additional plugins, plugins and you yeah, know yeah. hacking, and you don't want to be in a situation where you get people's data and then you have to—it's extremely frustrating. Trust me, at eleven o'clock at night trying to figure out where the bad code is, just use Wix. Wix.com. Right. <laughs> okay, right. And and for web hosting, then uh, thank you. By the way, I use Wix too. I use a combination of Wix and WordPress. Yeah. But uh, for, for site hosting, where, where would you, you know, oh, any recommendations um, for? Well, I use SiteGround. I think SiteGround has been pretty good with with that. Uh, and they've just recently upgraded their suite of solutions. So cost-effective-wise, SiteGround has been good for me. Okay. And cloud solutions, you mentioned oh. uh, any particular AWS digital ocean? Microsoft. Uh, I need to just... Put a disclaimer here. I used to work there, so my opinions are somewhat biased. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for saying that. We don't have to put a tagline below. So wonderful. Yeah, my business will be not where it is without um, Microsoft 365 solutions. Nice. Okay. All right. Uh, So what's a typical working day like for you uh, now and say, you know, I mean, an employee was a while back, so we'll just stick to now. Um, now as in pre-COVID, post-COVID. <laughs> sure, we can, we can do both. So let's say pre-COVID because, you know, oh. I'm assuming we'll, we'll get better. Because currently it's, you know, coming in front of my computer, going to the kitchen, going to the fridge, <laughs> going to the kitchen, going to the fridge. <laughs> right. But um, uh, post, you know, cross fingers and pre-COVID. I have been actually spending a lot of time traveling uh, because I am on this quest to expand my business. So to answer your question, a typical day would include just checking in with the team based on the content that's in the pipeline, see if if they need any help. I try not to get involved with it too much and just stick with the strategic side of things. And okay. uh, really work on business development because okay. over the last couple of months, I realized how amazing our our solution is. I mean, not that I am tooting my own horn. No, I lie. I am tooting my own horn. We are amazing <laughs> and agile. And I okay. think I have been limiting uh, myself as to who our clientele will look like. So over the last couple okay. of months, I've been exploring which markets we should tackle and how we should actually specialize because in the Caribbean, it's a little different where we try to do everything (laughs) because we try to be a little bit of everything to everybody. And I don't want to do that. I want to specialize in a particular, I don't know, in terms of the vertical and the industry versus the solution. Um, So for the last couple of weeks, I've been working on uh, planning that out as well as working with the LinkedIn local Caribbean team and um, really pushing that community because that's something that's very near and dear to my heart. And in between there, I would get some training for triathlon somewhere. (laughs) 
<laughs> Wonderful. Best of luck with the triathlon. Uh, so, uh, you uh, mentioned about the sort of uh, working with the team. How big is the team, if you will? Well, it's relative to the project. It can be at any point in time. The core is about two or three of us. And then um, okay. outside of that, we just bring in uh, content creators based on the project. Um, going through okay. a little transition right now where the team is turning into okay. one because I, you know, things happen, people change and things change. So now I'm actually looking for new team members. But on average, it's okay. anywhere between three to four of us. Okay. And you said you're looking for yes. team members. So if anyone's listening, what, what uh, sort of team members are you looking uh, for? Copywriter and graphic okay. designer. Wonderful. Okay. We'll see. Hopefully, you know, freelance people reach out to you. Uh, and you said the rest would be project-wise. It'll be freelance options that you're looking at. Is there uh, a particular sort of area that you work with for that? Is that local to Caribbean, you know, Caribbean uh, islands? Are you working with them or just world over with anyone? I try to... I am biased. I'm going to be frank. I try to find okay. people within the Caribbean or not necessarily within the Caribbean, but have a Caribbean background uh, understanding of the caribbean sure. because of the a market, lot of yeah. people believe that we because we're so tiny we're all the same <laughs> which is a okay. lie <laughs> um it's yeah because yeah. we have different accents a uh, simple thing is you know right. we will have one particular fruit and it has three different names in three different islands and if you don't okay. understand okay. that background it's harder for me because your content may be great but it will be generic so we look for people right. who understand the right. Caribbean, as well as these people, I shouldn't say these people, folks aren't necessarily given, getting the opportunities because the global market is not, we're so tiny, you don't give us any sort of attention. So I try to give Caribbean people the opportunity at least to feel. And if they do, then I will, <laughs> I'll go elsewhere. But the list of um, okay. individuals we look at, uh, which I mentioned earlier, was just copywriting, graphic work, video editing, blogging, uh, recently uh, podcasting, which would be audio um, engineering, and uh, website development. Nice. Okay, wonderful. That was a lot of information yes. that is, you know, great. I had to ask, you said, uh, you had mentioned this before, you, you like traveling. Is there particular sort of places that you're looking at targeting as sort of the next phase for your business? Yes. Uh, interestingly enough, I was looking at it up to yesterday, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, that's sort of the mecca okay. of all things uh, Latin American, Caribbean. And based on my okay. experience initially with Microsoft, you know, being part of, we're, we're always lumped under Latin America, right? And there's a huge part of the English Caribbean uh, side, which is, I may be wrong here, but a little over 5 million. And I would okay. be on a call on the Latin American Caribbean. And as soon as I come on a call back in the day before teams used to be Skype for business, they would say, Pauline's on a call, please just shift, to, <laughs> shift to English because they're all speaking Spanish. And within okay. this market there's a disconnect because these people are in charge of us but don't necessarily understand us my intention is to reach okay. out to that specific area because that's where most of them are housed so the business development and marketing managers for the global brands are usually stationed there and they are managing the caribbean so I want to actually, my intention is to have an event for that market to just educate them. Well, obviously having the intention of okay. upselling them eventually, but really to put the core sure. of, hey, we are, <laughs> we are different. You know, it's not a copy and paste which exists right now. And I could tell just by the ads that show up on my Instagram that somebody just gave them some ad budget and nobody's actually following up to see what's happening. What is that? Oh, okay, okay. So that seems like a yeah, potential market. Wonderful. Okay. And any other sort of markets you have in mind? Yeah. I, I really want to explore Latin America because it is a um, emerging market, but the language barrier, I've been forever trying to learn Spanish all my life. My dad could speak it, but he doesn't have the patience to teach me. Um, that's been on the back of Bruno. <laughs> and... Um, 
as a vertical in terms of sale and industry, I really love entertainment and more specifically Caribbean entertainment. I would love to be able to package it more commercially for people to understand that we have amazing food, music, events, and it's, it, it's something you just need to be a part of. Okay, so even showcase that to, you know, to whatever market you're going to showcase just everything about, everything you deem, you know, great about the Caribbean islands. Okay, wonderful. All right, so uh, since we were talking a little bit about traveling, what's the one place that you enjoyed living in? Because you mentioned you lived in London too. Uh, Any place that you liked living in? Any place, you know, on your potential list that you'd love going to, spending some quality time? Actually, that's... (laughs) That's a more poignant question than <laughs> it's quite very interesting that you asked that because I am in this process of basically taking a dot and pelting it on a map because I realize it's time to leave the Caribbean. Really? Yes, as much as I love it and I do it, it's not putting me in a good position to really move as fast as I can with my business. And there's certain okay. questions that I can no longer validate that I need to have a conversation about, you know, you know, when I talk about building my business, the first thing people ask, you know, is like, okay, you want to invest what, what, um, what equipment do you have? And I was just like, I just, I don't have equipment. It's just software. What do you mean? So that's yeah. a high risk. And I was like, right. the fact that I have to have this conversation means I'm in the wrong market. And I've been exploring, right. um, Canada because they have a, a SME visa option. Uh, no, this is not the ideal okay. time to be exploring uh, moving, but yeah. I think the actual setup of my business, the way how it's created, it doesn't have to be that I physically have to move there, you know, for the full 12 months and a year. It could be six months. But my biggest thing right now is support. And I've found that when I'm in a city like New York or Toronto, or even I was in New Zealand last year for a race. Well, I went for a race in China and then I end up in New Zealand. And just the type of conversations I have is encouraging me to realize that I need to explore outside of the Caribbean. Okay, okay. All right, best of luck with that. If you are coming to Canada, we're you know I'm in Vancouver, so if you do come this side, you are far you know, You are really far. <laughs> I am. I do travel. I I lived in Montreal before this, so I do get by. You know, so I will. Let's see. Hopefully, we do meet. You know, in person. So since this was more, you know, uh, going out of the you know Caribbean islands, moving on to you know what maybe Canada, wherever else you head to next. That's more part of your phase two. So for phase one, I sort of, again, wanted to understand what was like your, what was your capital like? What was the business plan, you know, when you started uh, 11 years back? Was there one? Because, you know, you did mention that it sort of went with, you're going to shatter everyone's, you know, uh, image about this, but sort of want to understand what the plan was there and sort of how it evolved. Oh my goodness. I, I think the idea of a business plan is extremely outdated and I I was fed this for many years. I thought that I was a problem. I thought that I needed, because this 10 years has been an in and out of entrepreneurship, actually, because in the last, uh, gosh, in the last three years, I've been doing this head down. This is all the income that I have versus I extended it for the last 10 years. It's been in and out. I worked on a contract with a very huge financial institution in the Caribbean for a year. Had to leave because I realized that they really didn't want um, me in the capacity that they claimed to, but it was life-changing. So when I started, you know, it was gung-ho, young, which I still am, by the way, but I think the, the word I should use is naive, where I thought, I was selling this service, which is digital marketing, but in its truest form, I was a change agent. I am a change agent because what I'm telling people is what you've been doing for the last couple of years or for the lifetime of your profession, it's no longer working. You need to do this instead. And (laughs) obviously nobody's going to be like, sure, Pauline, let's do this. No. So it's been a lot of in and out. It's been a lot of sacrifice. And that's why I had to go back into 
the world of employment because I, you know, I had to eat, you know, I, my savings completely depleted because I <laughs> had to survive. I had to pay individuals. And I also was running another business. I, I mean, I don't, don't say this very often. I have yet to actually tell the individuals, but I ran a juvie bound fever for six years while building my business. And it completely floored me on a mental level that I'm not going to get into right now. But um, coming in and out of it, I realized that my worth was in question. And three years ago, while on that contract job in the financial institution, I got to see the amount of money agencies were charging. And I got to see their understanding of digital and how much of it was lacking. And because of that experience, I walked away and my price went up threefold because I was undercharging, over-delivering, suffering. (laughs) And it's a huge factor. The environment is so important. And it took a while for me to realize that this idea of, um, you know, planning ahead, business plan, investment, which I didn't have because it was all me, uh, is n- wow. it has nothing to do with getting the opportunity. And I, I kept exposing myself wow. to people in, de- in decision-making positions and I kept asking questions. And the more questions I asked, the more I realized that my environment is not ready to see a black woman make decisions and not put the idea of a family in front of her business or her desire to run a business. And this took a long time because I was like, all I need to do is work hard. All I need to do is keep pushing. All I need to do is (laughs) keep knocking on doors and it's going to help. And, you know, being pushed that narrative as well externally, I always looked inwardly thinking it was my fault but I will never forget the day I was actually training for a race and it hit me dead. Like as I was running up a hill and I literally just started to cry because I was like, Oh my God, it's not just me. <laughs> right. And I, I know that's a long winded way to answer yeah. your question, <laughs> but um, no, no, that's, no. that's yeah. been yeah, the journey okay. for the last 10 years. Business plan. I, like only now I'm going through yeah. like understanding the desire, like the need for me to keep up with my accounts and stuff, but I'm also using technology when I was concerned and trying to pivot to make the right mm. business decisions and knowing when to say this is not working out with my clients because okay. um, that right. need to always be <laughs> uh, being able to pay your bills came first than to the actual yeah. work. So all those things are, have been a process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. I I was going to ask you sort of what the worst ever was, but I believe you answered that already. What, what uh, just to, you know, get, get us back <laughs> into a happier place. What was the, what was the uh, sort of the, the greatest sort of day, like your best feeling, you know, as a business owner, the one time you were like, you know, I'm doing the right thing. And, oh, wow. That happened. Out. I can literally tell you when that happened. That happened in November last year specifically okay. happened last year, oh, last year. One a, speci- a client and it, it's interesting the majority of our mm-hmm. income comes from outside the caribbean that's why i started this podcast by saying our audience is the global companies because the local ones are still figuring it out and i right. just don't have any time and <laughs> i decided yeah. this particular client head office is in the other side right. of the world this is when i went to china to do my race, the half Ironman. And then I said, okay, I'll jump on a plane and go to the client head office. And it was funny because when I told them I was coming, they didn't know who I was because we're tiny and, you know, they don't really, they're like, okay, in the actual meeting request, the calendar request, it says Trinidad marketing woman. (laughs) Right? And I was like, okay, okay, I'm grateful that you've given (laughs) me your time. It's okay. So I... They gave me half an hour of their time. We went into the boardroom and I showcased what we've accomplished and what we've done over the last two years. And they were shocked. 
they were like, this is amazing. You know, how can we learn from this? And that 30 minutes turned into an hour. You know, you know how when you book a room and somebody knocks on it, they're like, okay, well, we have this room. So they took me out to the, into the foyer and we sat down and we continued the conversation. And this is Global Heads. Wow. And up to now, one of them is still on my WhatsApp and we message each other just to confirm what's happening. And that was the validation that I needed to know that I was on the right path. And a lot of the times I am questioning myself because of my environment and I needed to go outside of it to realize that it's just, I was in the wrong environment. Okay. So that's probably also helped with the, you know, uh, yes. moving out of, yep. you know, the, very the significant island that decision. That's Wonderful. Thank you again. So uh, again, just to, uh, because you did mention about the education part of a client, whenever you come out with a new service, it seems you have to divide your time to first educate a newer client and then get them on board. So how would you say you sort of divide your time between existing clients and new clients and in the new clients, the division of, you know, first educating them and then sort of getting them up to speed? That is also a question that's extremely loaded right now. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to try to answer that as clearly as possible. In the immediate sense of it, sure. I use okay. the actual technology we use for their brands for for our clients. So we try to okay. support them and giving them reports and understand like for instance i recently changed our format in how we send reports because reports are something that most people they look at numbers but they're not necessarily translating it to the business so i evolved that into okay. actually doing a monthly sync to say okay this is what the business is doing online this is what this figure means for your business and these are the ways that you can actually use it to make business decisions it's a challenging point because of our external, um, how they've hired us externally to try to be part of their uh, daily rapport with our content and not understanding that online is important. So I try to send them information, try to keep them up to date. Um, but I really kind of put that responsibility on a team so when that uh content is reached for them they say okay this things are happening things are tuning and you can actually see visually on the on their social media platforms that we're doing the work uh and with the reports it just okay. basically supports that on the future sense though i really um looking for uh, it's kind of weird to say this out loud because i haven't really said it but i'm looking for a co-founder to build something that that ecosystem of content management and review it's a little bit smoother because right now yeah. there's nothing on the market that actually allows you from an enterprise level to make that smoother. so it's right. it's really right now i'm in the phase of automating as much as i can okay Wonderful. Okay, and in, in regards to, well, you know, the, the content creation, you said that sometimes you assign that to the teams. Do they then, you know, accordingly go maybe show samples of older clients of sorts when you're approaching well, a new client? I would put examples in the context of the industry, but what I've found okay. is within the Caribbean market, it's better to just share information on the specific audience that they want to reach so i spend less time on portfolio and more time on the audience that they actually going to reach and what we're going to achieve once we are able to get the client wonderful all right uh we're mostly discussed you know enough about the business I just wanted to ask a, a few like sort of rapid fire questions. But before that, uh, before we start with that, what is like, uh, you know, everyone, every sort of entrepreneur, they do talk about not putting all your eggs into one basket. So, uh, and, you know, go, grow, go growing from having money to having wealth, for example, is that sort of in the pipeline, like plans to diversify your wealth? Is there, you know, something, maybe real estate, stock market, like something else that you... Uh, do yeah, on the uh, side of the business? Yeah, so the, 
intention pre-COVID um, was to go into events. Events is something that okay. I would... Well, the event events from a workshop perspective and then networking as well. Uh, I have been fighting against myself because I'm really good at it. I don't say that enough, so I have to keep saying that to myself, but I'm really good at events. I'm good at getting people through a door remotely. I've literally, I built a business where I pull people from New York, Canada, and London to give me their money and jump on the streets in Barbados for crop over. So it's something I'm good at, and I started exploring it for the business. So we started doing LinkedIn workshops. But it, I, I don't like to use LinkedIn workshops because it, okay. it, it kind of becomes pigeonholed into the platform, but it's really a personal branding workshop. And there, there was a lot of interest because the LinkedIn local community, I don't, there's nothing monetary as yet that comes out of it, but the data that we've built allows me to understand what people want. And then from there, we give it to them and charge them for it basically, right? Uh, the intention with that is to actually build uh, more regularly paid events. We'll still always have the free events, but basically strategically like segmented based on what you want. So you want to talk about personal branding, we'll host that event for you. You want us to bring somebody in from, let's say, Jamaica um, into Barbados to teach them about tourism, something along those lines, we'll do that for you. So that's one of the things in the pipeline that I'm looking at uh, from a month external monetary perspective. Okay. And that, again, sounds like a wonderful plan. Uh, about the events, though, because we had discussed this uh, separately, was was that why, you know, uh, the hosting the carnivals of sorts, you know, managing that sort of came easy to you? Or was, was that your first foray into it? Or was that more of a sort of precursor for, you know? Yes, you're right. That was my space? first foray into it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. It was. Right. Mm-hmm. And if... go yeah, go on. Sorry. No, just uh, about the sort of experience. What key takeaways would you take? Because that's an event of massive scale, as far as I know. You know, from what from what I've seen, I've never personally been there. But uh, how would that say compared to you know an event of that magnitude? Say compared to a LinkedIn workshop which I'm assuming is on a relatively smaller scale. How would you uh, compare <laughs> I would to... have to put one of my, <laughs> well, my right-hand guy that, that used to manage the event, my operations guy. Um, he works at a bakery and he was giving me example of this new role he has in the business. And everybody was complimenting of how amazing he is working on the pressure. And he starts to laugh. He's like, Pfft don't know what is pressure work with Pauline in events and I was like yeah and that was you know trying to keep 900 people secure behind a moving van (laughs) while they're intoxicated is an achievement that most people cannot even fathom right um but there was something in seeing those people just be so free uh which is part of our culture you have these second first generation caribbean people who come to barbados just for this moment of expressing themselves freely without judgment and what i was able to do is build an infrastructure online that supported their online behavior because that's not something that the caribbean does well e-commerce is still i'm putting massive air quotes here new um to the caribbean and it's also difficult in their defense because okay. there aren't many options. A lot of these easy gateway payment gateways and plugins are very US, you know, Canada, UK driven. And I did a lot of research, sure. two, three years of research um, in it. And I was able to take my digital marketing background and do little things. And I realized, like, this very interesting tidbit, it was cheaper for me to advertise to someone in New York than it was to advertise to somebody in Barbados using Facebook. Why? Because it's easier for somebody from New York, when I spend that dollar on them on Facebook, it's easier for them to go from there to click and take out their credit card. 
Whereas it's a harder sell for somebody locally because they like to have that, you know, in-person conversation. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, so how, how would you say this has affected the, well, the general perception in, in the islands, uh, general behavior of people? Uh, how do you think it will be later, you know, once sort of the quarantine well, is lifted? Well, you mean from a, what, the, the events or the e-commerce side of things? Or the events and e-commerce, would people like switch more towards, you know, doing things online? Or will, uh, what I mean is, will this have like a lasting impact? Uh, because I see a lot more folks get comfortable at home. So I don't know how they would be once, you know, so, so everything gets back to normal. But I also know the world oh, as itself has a very short memory span. So we tend to forget things pretty easily. So how do you see that? Impacting, yes, that is you know, such a good point particular? that you've mentioned there because I, I want to believe that there's going to be this mass transition and we're all going to adopt and adapt. And, and I, I hate to be Debbie Downer, but I just, <laughs> I'm going to be trying to choose my words carefully here because Okay, I am. I spend a, a lot of time on LinkedIn, and I have a very strong following on LinkedIn. And I've been following how people are behaving um, with their post on what's happening. So the work from home is trending, and I see individuals of very huh. superior positions, managerial roles, who had the ability pre-COVID nineteen to put work from home in place, but they refuse to. Right. And this is actually one of the things I want to blog about why the work from home post is frustrating to me. And I have a feeling that this is just trending, you know, it's just very trendy. Let's talk about work from home. It's so amazing. And I really would love to know if they are going to actually listen to the IT department and consume the technology that they've already paid for uh so it's a huge question mark i want to believe because you know there's one side of me that has always been positive that's why i have to be an entrepreneur but then on the other side which is 10 years of experience i don't know i just like humans are so irrational and the idea of change is just you know when they go back to it our culture and i and i don't want to talk out of terms but i just i'm going to talk how i feel is built on slavery right and we have this feeling that we need to control people in order for them to do their work and i had a meeting today with someone who volunteers for link to local caribbean and she told me she has to clock in she has to clock in first thing in the morning and clock in first thing and last thing in the afternoon and i was just like but but you still but what about your work you know clocking is more important than showcasing that you've done your job you know um I would just say I'm hopeful. Wow. I don't want to be a futurist. <laughs> uh, no, but but I completely understand that that sort of uh, logic. It it always makes sense uh, when when you have uh, like like for example, as you mentioned, I think when I did work in in college, we had this you know where punch in and punch out. Absolutely hated that. I always think, and I mentioned it on one of the LinkedIn posts. Uh, that it should be about the, the value that you're bringing. It doesn't matter where, when, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter how you're bringing it. So it shouldn't, it shouldn't. I, I've long been against the, the culture of working eight hours. No, you can finish that work in four hours. You could take 12 hours to do it. It doesn't, you know, define how much work it's, you've done through the day. So, yeah. Uh, on the flip just... side, for me, as someone who has managed people remotely for so long, it's actually... I mean, a tidbit for people who are listening. It's actually very easy to identify when somebody's not doing their job. It really is extremely easy. And I have proof. (laughs) (laughs) It's really easy. And once you've set certain deadlines and have assigned certain tasks, it's just for them to do it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's, I think, how it should be. But yeah. I guess, as you mentioned, everyone sort of wants to have a, a, a control, Probably. have that sort of yeah. power, I guess. Anyhow, all right. We were supposed to get to this a while back, but we got so deep into the conversation. So, <laughs> all right. So what, 
Right. So, like, just the last bit of sorts. So, what's your like favorite hobby, and how often? Okay, do you get I to tell people triathlons, but they tend to not think that that's a hobby. But um, triathlon, okay. yeah, yeah, what training has is my form of meditation because it yeah. gets me, it gets me outside of myself and my mind because my job is so much time in front of multiple screens. It really is that time to get out and okay. i tend to see it as i'm very competitive so i <laughs> i'm racing again <laughs> so you're What's an that? entrepreneur right <laughs> no, so you're an you. entrepreneur so yeah it makes I'm sense acknowledging that i appreciate <laughs> that <laughs> but yeah it, it's something that i have only recently started like five years ago because i didn't know how to swim and i said i just can't okay. you know learn how to swim i need an end goal outside of that i love food i really 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 love food like i would dance the night away if i had a good meal so <laughs> okay so so that's the next two questions what's your favorite dance form oh my goodness and what's um, your favorite food so you know the american culture has only recently latched on to twerking but in uh, the Trinidad culture, it's called whining. And in the Barbados culture, it's called walk up. And whining. it's basically the movement of your waistline. Oh, okay. um, subject to if you want to move the upper body, right. but the most part of the movement happens below the waist. <laughs> Understood. Wonderful. Yeah. So... Again, in the oh how my goodness! Lately, I've not been. I say I I only say indulge because you know that we're so was... occupied with our business. Oh my god, <laughs> no longer fun because back in the day that was something I did because we have carnival once a year in each Caribbean island, and the last time I did that was right. <laughs> was. Sorry, just the memory came. I was uh, on a just so sounds so privileged, but I was on a yacht <laughs> um, down by the islands. We call it DDI. It's called okay. Down the Islands, and it was my friends and his family, and we were okay. clearly, you know, special juices were had, and the music was pumping, and we were dancing in the water. <laughs> Just a caveat, wow. Lily okay. Singh was literally a couple meters away in another boat. And I think you know who Lily Singh is, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was an interesting day, I is I all do. I have yeah. to say. But that was the last time we did that. That was like a month or two ago in February. Oh, a month or two ago. So that's not too far. <laughs> I thought this was a while back. Wonderful. That's 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 great. Okay, so I, I think I've, you know, it's going to be obvious, but... I know you have a glass of wine there, but what's your preferred drink? You know, that say I I know there's different wine types. Actually, my go-to drink, if I were drink? to go out, would be a vodka and coconut water. Oh, nice! I have never tried that. I've tried vodka shots. I've not tried vodka. No calories. Water. How is it? Is Just it gonna put that there for the people who count those things. But okay. it's extremely refreshing if you. Uh, not right. everybody likes it because obviously it's a palate. Depends on the vodka as well and where the coconut came from. Because in the Caribbean, you can actually, you could go parties and they would cut the coconut, the actual coconut, and put the vodka in it. It's very refreshing. Oh. It's amazing. Oh, it's <laughs> so the other way around. Right. Oh, okay. I know what I need to try next. Okay, sweet. Uh, you would uh, mention this. This is more for me. You said the each island has their you know carnival at different times. But they accordingly space it out. Is that standard? So because, you know, it, it depends the on history. So the history of Trinidad comes from right. So back in the day with slaves, right. they were allowed to go parade the streets um, just before Lent. So it actually clashes with Brazilian carnival because I think it's around the same reason. Whereas Barbados is a celebration right. of the crop. That's why it's called crop over. And back in the day, cane was the major, you know, okay. income earner. And that was the only time the cane would be cut. And there was a right. celebration of that. 
so each island has a story behind it. It's not just the revelry and drinks okay. and half nakedness. <laughs> sure, sure. I, <laughs> but you you did mention the sort of the Lent part of it. That's why I wondered if each one of them, because it can't be at the same time. But I thought, yeah, as you mentioned, each one has a reason why and when they do it. Wonderful, sweet. Uh, when you know, uh, what was the other thing? Yeah, how often do you sort of buy coffee from the outside? That's one <laughs> tip I've seen entrepreneurs give is that you don't buy coffee from the outside. So I don't know if that's a um, thing you do. I Not now, but pre-COVID. But, but this comes with a caveat because okay. my walls are closing in. I don't have sure. an office. Um, and so I tend to use cafes right. as my outlet because I was getting a little distracted at home and I started, sure. um, there's a, actually two particular cafes that I go to in Trinidad, Full Bloom and Cafe Noir. Oh my gosh, beautiful. Um, because I am I'm a little snob when it comes to coffee. Uh, so <laughs> the, it, once I sense. feel that need to go out, I would definitely purchase it. But I do have the grinder and recently an espresso machine. So yeah, I do have it. Okay. And you did mention the two cafes, but how have you say, if you had to compare Caribbean coffee to having coffee, you know, in other places that you've been it depends to, London, on the Toronto, actual... how would that compare? Like, I find that the commercial coffee, like, I don't find, first of all, Starbucks is not coffee. Starbucks is a marketing company that just, by the way, has coffee inside of their place. Um, But I I think I enjoy (laughs) our coffee better. I mean, not to be a snob, but I feel like we put some energy behind it. Because I only, I actually recently went to Jamaica as well, spent a ridiculous amount of money on their coffee beans. But it's so good. And I went to one of their little <laughs> coffee cafe places as well, and it was really okay. good. So I have to be biased. The Caribbean coffee is better. <laughs> hey everyone, we hope you had a great time listening to our recording. I know there were a few audio lags, but I hope overall you'll still had a great experience learning, laughing with us. If you all have any questions, if you need to reach out to either of us, please, you know, feel free to send me, you know, shoot me an email and I'll take the conversation from there.